Humble boy. That sounded nothing like him. You know what it reminds you of? The what? girl's like, Ooh. I miss you. And I love you. <laughs> and I. That's going to be. The, I was in the car next to it. <laughs> you know what that sound means? We about fuck. Oh! He's talking and I'm not, and I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him. Boom! Shut down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. Concentrate on the news. It's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong. All right, and with that, <laughs> we're going to start the episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. Yeah. I am your host, Moses Soria, and with me today, as always, to my left is my brother, Josh. Hey. And in front of me is uh, our musically inclined uh, teacher who's recently happy because he's on vacation and he doesn't have to see his students for like three fucking weeks. What is that shit called? It, it's called an omatone. A what? Omatone. Huh? I saw it. I saw it on YouTube once because someone was doing a, a cover of Cuphead, the intro to Cuphead with these things. I was like, "That's fucking dope as shit." After I saw it, I was like, "I gotta get one." Nice. All right, and and if you guys, obviously, you guys know what that fucking episode's about since you guys saw the title. But Archie, can you tell us what today's episode's gonna be about? <gasps> Fuck! I wish I had the crazy hairs and fucking meme and be like aliens. Yeah, guys. Today we're gonna be talking about. Aliens, all things aliens. We're gonna talk about six different types of aliens. My brother's gonna be talking about some, like techniques to Contact how they contacted them. aliens <laughs> with claim the claims. Fucking Archie's gonna talk about encounters. We're talking about the men in black, and oh. then we're gonna and then I am going to talk about the one and only Paul Halier. That's gonna be an interesting little episode, little segment, not episode. Selfish. I mean, technically, own episode to yourself. I mean, technically, we for, that motherfucker had to do the shit. Yeah. So right now, we're just gonna be touching up on the vague, just just subjects because all it's basically like I said earlier, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all things aliens. And I wanted to start the episode off with the six alien races that have contacted and influenced mankind. But before I do that. Do you, what is your guys' history with, like, are you guys avid alien fans, like, in terms of, like, oh, shit, I love watching these videos, I love watching these movies, because I do not give two rats asses about aliens. What? I love the fact that it's, like, oh, shit, you know, the outer space thing, but as far as, like, being a fan of it, not me. Here's what kills it for me, though. The people who talk about aliens. I'm not talking about us, because then, the but I'm talking about, like, Known UFO researchers or, or Ufo- known ufologists, ufologists, like they make me not believe in aliens. The way they talk about it, the way you present ideas, it's just like I want to believe, but y'all fucking it up for everyone. But it's like the same thing with uh with Bigfoot. 
Exactly. People so, who are really yeah. into Bigfoot, like they want you to, they believe in it, and I believe that they believe in it. But they try, they try, they, I mean, they have, they believe in it so much that they fake shit, that they talk about shit so much that it's like, yeah, for you to believe in it. Yeah. Are you, Josh, a fan of Alien? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like Aliens, but so, I'm not a huge fan. Like, I know I have friends who are like obsessed with Aliens, they have books. They like reading. They like watching a shitload of movies about aliens. I mean, I like aliens, but I'm not a fan of aliens. Like these guys are. I can't do that. Fans. Because if I do get into it, it's like I get paranoid at night. That's one of the biggest reasons why I'm not into <laughs> aliens. I'm a big bitch. I'm, I'm looking at my window. I'm like, this bitch. motherfucker's gonna pop out. Remember when that movie where? came out? Is it the fifth kind? Signs? The fourth oh, kind? Oh, the oh I didn't kind? watch that. Movie. I, was, yeah, I saw that movie. I was fourth like, fourth kind. Fourth right? kind. I was like, fuck kind. that. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we watched the theater. We went to go watch it after that. Everyone was like, bro, did you wake up at 3 a.m.? Yeah. Did you see the white owl? We got paranoid as fuck after watching that movie. But I heard that movie's really good, though. I mean, at first glance. Okay, never mind. Okay, never mind. At first glance, when we watched it, we were just like, fuck, this is creepy as shit. That was cool. It's like a good movie. Think think of paranormal activity. At first, when you first seen it, like, no one tells you anything about it. You're like, fuck, this shit looks real. And then, like, you know, time passes and you're like, uh, you find out it's all made up and all this shit. And it kind of ruins it for you. I feel like that's how it was with the fourth kind. There's only two alien movies that I like. Better not be science. One is science. Really? Only because that movie scared the shit, living shit out of me. Fuck that movie. And Space Jam. That's it. Wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. It's those two. It's those two. The monsters. That's sad, dude. You can't fuck, fuck with the monsters. What I hate about fucking science, the alien only comes out once. It comes out. The whole end is all about the aliens. Yeah, but you don't see them. The dude, that that's the, that's what makes it creepy. It's like that whole, like that alien, of, like with aliens. It's like what's that movie? Within the forest or something like that. It's Within like the forest. Like and it's like Blair Witch. Yeah. Uh, dude, fuck that movie. That too. Fuck that movie. That movie you, scared the shit out of me. You only scared because they're scared. That's it. Nothing oh, else. Wow. Nothing pops out. Fuck that movie. <laughs> There's um, Signs has one of my favorite slash creepiest scenes. Of all time, every time I watch oh, it, I'm st- I still fucking shudder. It's the video where he's watching in the TV about the little kids' birthday parties, okay. and they're looking and they're like, "Oh, it's the alien! It's alien!" And they're all screaming like, "Oh, stop what? Stop what?" And then the camera goes out and they're staring out into an alley, uh-huh. and there's a building to the left and like bushes to the right, uh-huh. and it's staring straight at it. And the alien crosses from one over, but he looks over at the camera and he just cr- passes through in front. And he uh, pauses the video. And he pauses like, the video and he's just like looking at it. You're like, oh, shit. And like that alien, it's weird because it's not a small gray. Of, uh, we're going to be talking about small grays are, you know, basically the aliens the that everyone alien yeah. that everyone knows about. It looks like it's a mixture of like a reptilian and like a tall gray to me. I'm going to explain the differences between those two in a little bit. Yeah, but that's what, that's one of the things I wanted to open the episode with. with the six alien races that have contacted and influenced mankind. The first one I want to talk about is the Syrians. And I'm not talking about Middle Eastern Syria or the Syrians. I'm talking about the extraterrestrial Syrians. These Syrians, they are advanced as they are ancient. Hailing from the Sirius B star system, the Syrians have imparted knowledge to human civilization throughout Earth's history. For example, the Mayans. The Syrians, the Syrians are believed to have played a part in the disappearance of the Mayans, but not before ensuring they left behind amazing artifacts such as the crystal skulls. 
Dun, dun, dun. Do you guys know about those crystal skulls? The crystal nope. skulls? Nah. Oh, the only crystal skulls I know is from the Indiana. Phantom. Well, Phantom. Yeah, it's like an old movie of this guy dressed all in a purple jumpsuit. No, no, yeah, but I don't, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was just remembering, like, uh, well, the crystal skulls is basically, that's what they are. It's a crystal skull. Cool. It's a skull made out of crystals. Okay. I think there's 13 of them. I forgot the exact number. Do you summon a dragon after you get all 13? <laughs> Dude, this crystal was made back and back, way, way back then with, with the Mayans. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's what they're attributed to, the Mayans, that, that whole era. But they're made, they have, like, ridges that it's made from machines, right? They're dated that back old. And they, when they, I don't know if it's one of them or all of them or each one has a certain like different, um, for the lack of a better word, like energy to it, mm-hmm. like a different specific aura to it. And one of them is like a battery where like they put in an x-ray, like dude, the, it, this shit charges. It's like there's energy inside it, but we don't know what the fuck it is. And obviously they don't want to break what? it and see what the fuck it is. There's a whole, there's a whole documentary on the, on the, on the crystal skulls. That's my first time hearing about it. You guys have to check it out. Yeah. If you guys check it out, we'll do a whole episode on it. Because fuck yeah. How long is the episode? I don't know. We haven't done it yet. Wait, wait. <laughs> that, I thought you were talking about that there's an episode on, on like the, the skulls. Oh, there's a documentary. Oh, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I was like, bro, I don't know, man. We still haven't done the episode. <laughs> we done the episode yet. What's wrong with you? Aliens. Yeah. Aliens. So, you know, the Syrians are responsible for the disappearance of the Mayans. But more famously... They are attributed to. They are attributed with the ancient Egyptians, whom, according to rumor, were gifted with medical and astronomical information, and who were also assisted with building the great pyramids and temples. So the Syrians have been fucking with us, fucking with us, not f- like fucking with us, like oh, like they're like our outer space homies. They've been fucking with us oh. humans and helping us out and advancing, helping, giving us information and things of that nature. I'm like y'all too slow. Hurry the fuck on. The second one I want to talk about are the short greys. The greys, obviously the most famously known for being behind most, if not all, alien abductions. These are the motherfuckers that are responsible for alien abductions. And for being the, you know, they are famous for being the poster child of alien depiction in alien pop culture. When you think of aliens, you automatically think of small greys. The small greys. You know, they stand about three to five feet tall according to different descriptions. So they're not that tall. Uh... These short greys, they have like, obviously, they have these bulbous heads that are shaped like a bulb, and they have these oversized black, like, almond-shaped eyes. Mm. And although they have mouths, technically, they do have mouths, they, these assholes communicate telepathically. Mm. So that's how they just look at each other, and I don't know if they blink Morris Cole, or I don't know what the fuck. Beep, 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 yeah. beep. But they, you don't hear any sound emitting from them, even though there is that video on the internet about... These uh, FBI, CIA agents interviewing a short gray. Short gray. Oh, he's talking. Fuck. What's it's over Russia? I forgot what the. F- I don't remember what the fuck it was, but I check that video out. <laughs> Just check that video out. Supposedly it's fake, and then other people are like, "No, it's a real video. Like it's a real video." But it's like real as in grainy as hell, right? Yeah, that yeah, grainy. I know that's yeah, fun. you know. So the K- short gray. The KGB. That's what there you go. The KGB. The short grays, obviously. I mean, not obviously, but. They are genetically designed to carry out scientific missions, abductions, you know, human cloning. They are responsible, you know, for putting things up people's asses. That's their main job. Probing. Yeah. And um, they work. They are basically like the worker ants for the tall grays. Oh. They're like the worker ants for the tall grays. They're just like 
that's just the soldiers for, you know, like the tall grays. That's number three, the tall grays. These motherfuckers, their claim to originate from a star in the Orion constellation, usually only seen during diplomatic agreements with Earth's shadow government. Do you guys remember that scene in, uh, I think it's Star Wars Episode One, where they have that one big-ass scene where it's like, it's a meeting of all the different races? Mm. Do you guys remember that scene? Where they have a shitload of races, and uh, it's uh, Queen uh, Pam, what the fuck her name is? The one who was falls in love with um, Anakin? The, yeah. Do you watch Star Wars, Jess? Nope. No, same. All right. Yeah, well, th- there's a scene where they're talking about, because in Star Wars, they talk about with the different races, like trying to, it's like a one government. So they're talking about it, and it's like, a, it's a room full of different ra- races of aliens, mm-hmm. which is the only time you'll see these tall grays. Okay, okay. Because they don't bother with like, oh, if you need, we'll just send the, we'll just send our our soldiers. You know, we'll just send the small grace for everything else. You don't need to talk to us. Yeah. And um, but they supervise all abductions and human experiments, but they're rarely ever present while they're doing it. So they supervise it in terms of like, this is what I need to do. Well, that you guys, find. they're behind it all, but they're not fucking present during uh, you know all these events. Right. Right. You know, like I said earlier, they love to employ the service of their worker and force, the, you know, the short grays. And according to, I don't know who, I don't know who decided it, but the overall goal for these tall grays is to develop a human gray hybrid race. The tall grays are an advanced, self-centered race that place little value on human life. So basically they want to, I don't know for what reason or another, to um, inherit the earth. I don't know if they're so advanced when they could just fucking take it over. But I have no idea why they want to just advance. I mean, inherit the earth by clone, having a, this hybrid. Mm-hmm. One of us needs to get captured and talk to them about it. I'm looking at you, Archie. That's you. <laughs> rock, paper, rock, paper, scissors. You, you Look, lose, bro. Either you get abducted or you do the milk challenge. You choose. Probe. <laughs> milk <laughs> challenge milk it is, challenge. man. No fucking question about that. All right. And number four, these motherfuckers are the Alpha Draconians, basically known as a, the what? The Alpha Draconians. 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 So it's Draconians. Basically, they are rumored to have infiltrated human society thousands of years ago. They are known to be corrupt and vicious. They are a gen- giant reptile race. They measure anywhere from 14 to 22 feet tall. Shut the fuck up. Weighing close to a ton, like 1,800 pounds, and are covered in green or brown scaly skin. For all my D&D players out there, just picture a dragonborn barbarian with maxed out modifiers. Just maxed out modifiers. That's some scary shit. Achi's lost because he doesn't play. He doesn't play D and D. Try to picture so hard with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that. So no yeah. So for all my D and D players, picture a dragonborn barbarian with maxed out modifiers. So these are those reptiles that people used to talk about. Yes. No. You're thinking about reptilians. I'm gonna talk about those later. Oh, fuck. There's other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so you know some accounts. There's more. You know so some accounts even describe them with having tails or wings. So we know they are at least level 16 dragonborns walking around. That's scary as shit. You know, and they view themselves as the first intelligent species to evolve in the Milky Way and see themselves as the rightful rulers of lesser evolved worlds, such as Earth. Reports say that there are two types of alpha draconians. 
They are two types divided into two different classes. The giant ones are part of a loyal lineage called um, the the Siakar, C-I-A-K-A-R, Siakar, Siakar, I don't know how to pronounce that. While the smaller ones, the small, smaller ones, and I said that in quotation, they're eight feet tall, they're the smaller ones. Um, uh, they form a well-trained warrior class. So basically, we have two Dragonborn Barbarians classes. One with the soldier background, and the other with the royal family bougie as background. Anchi is a lot smaller brother, and all my D&D players were listening. They know exactly what I'm talking about, and that's some mm-hmm. scary shit. I was thinking like a tall gray and a small gray, but just green. I'll show you a picture. Uh, they, they just look like huge dra- lizards, like warrior lizards. Right. Dragonborns. Number five, which is the ones you were mistaken for, the reptilians. These motherfuckers are native as shit. What? These reptilians are the bread and butter of every NWO, every new, like, central government, shadow government, every Illuminati conspiracy theory. All of them trace back to the reptilians. They are often confused with the warrior class of the draconians, Aji, true, but these reptilians are native to the earth. Rumor has it that these reptilians were left behind by the Draconians to colonize Earth a long, long time ago. And for about a thousand years, they have offered assistance, often using it as a pro quo kind of deal. So basically, they're like, all right, I hope you do this, but you have to do this for me. That's the kind of shit they do. They have infiltrated almost every branch of power. Reptilians, they manipulate our elites and rule our institutions and our organizations. They are said to have built the financial the financial system and they influence all religions. This underground race, reptilian race, is also said to control all media and all major corporations. So if you guys go on YouTube, you guys can find out, look at videos. Uh, Barack Obama is a reptilian. Uh, Trump is a reptilian. This Lady Gaga is a reptilian. Justin Bieber is a reptilian. You know, just Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they are basically the bread and butter of every conspiracy theory. It all goes back down to them because to them, they're here to infiltrate our society, and, other, and the best way to do it is through our government. The sixth burr, one burr. I'm gonna talk about are the tall whites. Originally, I was going to talk about the Anunnaki, which are, which are um, basically they're called the Nord Whites. They're these huge aliens from a planet or a spaceship called Nibiru. I feel like I heard that before. But I, I, I would rather focus a whole episode on the Anunnaki because they're interesting as shit. They are said to be uh, talked about in, um, in uh, the Sumerian tablets. Mm-hmm. They're talked about way back then. They announced them by name, the Anunnaki. When they mentioned the Anunnaki, they mentioned this planet. And this planet is supposedly... Uh, traveling on the opposite side of Earth, on the opposite side of the sun, equal to the Earth. So we're never able to see them because they are literally on the opposite side of the Earth. Ooh. So we're never, ever going to be able to see them. Oh, shit. Because we're flat. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a few years ago, remember, they were saying, oh, it was this year. I think it was this year. You're, you, for the, because of the way we're spinning uh-huh. for a few days, if you look hard enough, you're going to be able to see. The tail end of what? The, the tail end of Nibiru. Or you'll be able to see Nibiru. And because all the plants are going to align, that's when everyone's going to go to shit. And I don't know if it happened. I see you. 
But the weird thing is, they do confirm that there is something on the opposite side of the sun. They just don't know what the fuck it is. But it's crazy because the Sumerians talked about it way back then. Talked about, yeah, there's something else on the opposite side of the sun. How the fuck would they know there's something on the opposite side of the sun True. back then? True. So I want to focus the whole episode on the Anunnaki. If you guys want to do your research and go ahead and talk, read about it, read it. It's an interesting-ass read. There's a lot of shit to catch up on. How do you pronounce it? The Anunnaki. Anunnaki. Yeah, the Anunnaki. 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 Yeah, so it's spelled A-N-U-N-N. So it's A-N-U-N-N. A-K-I, Anunnaki, right? But instead, I'm going to talk about the tall whites. The reason I want to talk about the tall whites is because they are a huge part in the next segment I'm going to talk about with uh, Paul Halier. So the tall whites, these motherfuckers. So they're more than five feet tall. They're built as shit. They're they're yoked. They're yoked, right? They lift, bro? They lift. Oh, shit. They lift a ton, bro. They lift and <laughs> they have they have white hair and some are known to have blue hair, but it's just white or blue hair. Right? They walk differently than us. They don't know why but that's how you can spot them. Because I guess I don't know how something to do with the gravity on their planet, or maybe they're just not used to walking on our gravity. I don't know what it is. But they walk differently. And the trippy part is they can live up to eight hundred years. Right? Eight hundred years. I believe it. But they don't age. They look the same, but they just live eight hundred yeah, years. They don't age. They just grow until they die. Damn, that's with it. So basically oh, what happens so basically what happens is they grow, they're about eight they, they they're about eight feet tall. They start growing. Their bones start growing, but their organs don't. So eventually the oh, weight shit. of the bones crush their organs. Crush the organs. So basically, they look good as fuck up until they die. That's gonna be painful as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's eight hundred years. So basically, for the first hundred, for the first four hundred human years, they're of normal stature. They're like our height, five whatever, la la la. Then they grow to be eight feet tall. That's when you know they are old. The taller they are, the older the old they are. They, yeah. Technically, the older they are, but they don't really age. And uh, the tall whites, they also they like to communicate telepathically. They uh-huh. talk to, but they like to speak uh, telepathically. Uh-huh. The dope part about them, they sleep longer than us. Because in their days... Are longer than our days. Are longer than our days. Two of human days are one tall white days. Get to Fuck. sleep for a whole day? No. They have to sleep the same amount as they are awake. So oh. if they're awake for four days, they have to sleep for four days. If they're so that's so it's forever means that's a lot of sleep. Have you tried doing an all nighter before? What do you mean? Like stay up all night? Yeah. yeah Motherfucker yeah, does all the time. He does it for his finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But it's fun. Sometimes no. it's fun. Who the fuck thinks that's fun? <laughs> well, I guess something's <laughs> wrong with me, but I don't know. I'm like, fuck yeah. Time to he, he loves to leave everything like last minute. He's like, all right, I'm going to nap all for right. like 10 minutes. I'm going to go make some black ass coffee. Come come back to the studio. And just start, be here till 3 in the morning. Start the night. And starts. And then it's like 11 and he goes inside. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. My class is at 2. I'm going to sleep for... For the next two hours for in, of intervals of 10 minutes. So I'm going to sleep for 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And then alarm, 10 minutes, alarm. It's not even sleeping. You just... 
That sounds stressful, bro. That's that Einstein shit, right? That That's the one he would do? He would do that? Yeah, I think it was Einstein where he would. He's like, oh, he doesn't sleep for eight hours. He's like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to sleep. No, he takes, every two hours, he takes a nap or something. Yeah, something like that. So, like, he doesn't sleep eight hours. Like, every two hours throughout the day, he'll sleep. He'll take a nap. I I see that picture of fucking Einstein with, like, his therapist or something. He's just like. (laughs) (laughs) Stressed the fuck out. You know, so the tall whites. Um. We have no clue where the fuck they're from, but there's a star called the Arcturus star, Arcturus, A R C T U R U S, the Arcturus star. We don't know if that's where they're from, but this is important as shit to them. And uh, I'm gonna play a clip of them a little later, uh, what Paul Heller is talking about, but. Um, there's a lot of cultures that mention the tall whites specifically. For example, the tall whites. Which ones? Uh, in South uh, South American uh, tribes, they call them the Viracocha, which translates to the white gods from the skies. Ooh. Right? The Viracocha, according to the South American tribes, they shared knowledge. Even the Incas. The Incas considered them gods. Which supposedly is the reason why the Incas greeted the conquistadors. Because mm. they thought they were tall whites. With open arms because Damn. they treated them as gods because of their lighter skin. Oh, shit. Surprise, motherfucker. But supposedly that never happened. According to like more modern research, the Incas oh. never thought the conquistadors were gods. The Incas are like, all right, look, we don't know what the fuck they want. Just treat them well so they can leave as soon as fucking possible. Uh-huh. Obviously, it fucking backfired. True. And the Incas were completely wiped out. In India, they're called the Vayu, which are the white gods of the wind. And there's and there's a native tribe, too. Uh, the, uh, they're called the Pahana. The Pahana, they call them the lost brotherhood of the Hopi. Supposedly that they came down and gave them so much knowledge and shit that to this day, that to this day they wait for them to return which is why they call them the lost brotherhood damn yeah, which is fucking do- when, I, when I was reading on it I was like oh shit and you know and the tall whites they are they are one of the few alien species that uh, are friendlies they have been friendly so far yeah, but those are my um, six alien types. Again, look up the Anunnaki if you guys are interested. Those motherfuckers. The tall whites. Fuck. I want to meet them. And, s- and supposedly there are two famous tall whites. There are famous two tall whites. Or Wait. they're rumored. It's just, it's just stupid, you know, like rumor. What's a chick from Kill Bill? No, I don't know anything a lot. But I know who you're talking about. The girl, the girl in the yellow suit, right? Yeah, her. Yeah. Supposedly she's a tall white. What? She fits the characteristics. And the chick from um, Doctor Strange. The chick from oh, Doctor Strange. Oh, the one that came out in, in a commercial like that the they're on the spaceship with. Strange. Yeah, the uh, the one who trained Doctor Strange. It said, oh, the, the, the cho- ball? The, the, yeah, the ball chick. The, the chosen one or whatever? The chosen one? Yeah, the chosen one. Her. Yeah. That's basically what they look like. Like that. Except because they, they both have. Oh, and the thing about the tall whites, their eyes are Double the size of ours. And if you don't notice them, their eyes are big as shit. 
They're pale and they have white hair. It's not blonde. It's white natural hair. And that's what the tall one. Didn't you post that on our Instagram? Is that what it was? Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the top whites. Uh, if you guys follow us on Instagram, uh, at the Weird History Eerie Tales Pod, Weird History Eerie Tales Pod, um, you'll be able to see that picture of the tall white, or you can just look them up the tall whites. I thought that was a reference to like the white owl from the fourth kind. The fourth no. kind. No, that's what they look like. They're just pale with blue eyes or blue hair or white hair. Uh, yeah, but that's the tall white swole ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Do you even lift, bro? Do you even lift? No, I'm not white enough, bro. So, uh, Mel just talked about six different uh, classes of aliens. True. Uh, and right now, I'm going to talk about um, claims or contact claims with UFOs. And uh, I'm also going to talk about um, a technique to contact UFOs, which I will talk about that segment later. But starting off with the first claim, it's by Dr. Stephen Greer. Okay, this man was a former... Um, U.S. medical doctor, mm-hmm. okay, and he's also a UFOlogist who's very well respected within that community of the of the whole UFO um, community. Yeah, community. Um, and he claims, okay, he claims he made contact with aliens for the French military. Okay, Dr. Stephen Greer admits that he helped summon aliens for the French MOD. MOD is short for. Uh, um, Ministry of Defense. So mm-hmm. if you hear me say mod, that's what it stands for. Oh, it's no, like, internet okay. mod? Computer mods? Oh, fuck that, dude. Those <laughs> Halo 2 mods or what? Joystick yeah. mods. Yeah. You remember that shit? What's that joystick mods? Piece of shit. Joystick mods. What do you, well, joystick I'll let you borrow, bro. Well, I was just kept Whoa. Oh, I, mod, I never modded in my life, bro. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah, I did a mod on that one. Sorry. So overall, Dr. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer... His whole purpose of this, um, I guess his overall goal is to force world leaders to publicly uh, publish all the, all the um, documents they have on UFOs and alien visits. So that's his overall goal, okay? And his visit to Westminster um, in London was his confirmation of this letter that he got from the French ministry stating Details about this experiment, which I will talk about later, mm-hmm. and uh, details about it, and I guess proof of him actually being there, uh, according to certain uh, people who saw this event happening outside of that area, they were baffled and confused of the event that was going on. And during that time, there was no fly zone um, called, so there was like, I guess, no airplanes could fly over it, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah. So, um, during, in London, in Westminster, he did have a, uh, I guess, a seminar, and he brought this, 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 this fucking letter. So, he presented this document in the seminar in London and broadcasted it live for anyone in the world who was interested in seeing this, okay? Dr. Greer also confirms that the French officials had summoned an alien craft in the year 2010, all right? He also confirms on the radar that detected an aircraft that was traveling 120,000 miles per hour. Oh, fuck. God damn. Day. So this is, is that live thing on the internet? Like someone record it? Can we go ahead and see it? Uh, I didn't look into it, but there was images and links within the article that I was reading. So I'm pretty sure if you look into it, there will be 
uh, a recording of that seminar. We'll post all these links that my brother's giving us and everything we're talking about, all the sources and everything on our uh, on the show's um, show notes. Yep. So you can go ahead and click on them and go ahead and read it too. All right. The trippiest part during this whole event. Hold up. The trippiest part. Yeah, yeah. It gets the it gets even. Part. Yeah, the trippiest part. Holy the most shit! So, so they summon an aircraft, right? Now during this event, they actually summon an alien ambassador, Doctor Greer. Dr. Greer. During the live claims, event? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Oh, not right. during the seminar. Oh. But I was like, what the fuck? But the, but the reason why he was there for the French ministry. So during that little oh, okay. yeah, uh, experiment, right, they summon an alien ambassador. According to him, it's from the um, Andromeda galaxy. Okay. But it partially materialized in front of all the leaders of the French ministry. So it kind of just spawned. And then it went away. And there's pictures of of this spawning of this alien, oh, where you can see shit. an alien just spawning in front of him. Yeah, you guys go on our Instagram. We're gonna post all these pictures up on our Instagram. So you can go ahead yeah. and take a look at these because I need to see this shit. No, but the the, the, the most trippiest part about it. Holy shit! That's not that's, that's, that's not, not trippy. No, 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 hold on, that was trippy already. Not no, the trippiest of the trippiest oh, is how he summoned these UFOs and this alien ambassador. And um, he claims that he summoned, okay, he summoned these aliens on Earth by tapping into a into a cosmic consciousness, okay. So when I was doing my research and I read cosmic consciousness, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" So I dropped my pen and um, I was looking into it, and I found some information online, and this is what I'm gonna read to you guys off of the off of Wikia and other resources. But here, the cosmic consciousness. So when I look into it. It's a book written by, what's his name, what's his name? Richard Maurice Buck, okay? Um, this book, okay, uh, Buck, Buck is a Canadian psychiatrist, and in this book, he explored the concept of cosmic consciousness, which is weird, because I, I read into it, and he doesn't really explain what, what it, it is. really is, so it leaves you more confused. And, um, and I quote, uh, the cosmic consciousness is a higher form of consciousness than that possessed by the ordinary man. So I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, so that's how they go Super Saiyan. That's how Goku goes Super Saiyan. I guess. And in this book, he claims that there's three different types of consciousness. The first one being Super Saiyan a simple... <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one being a simple consciousness, which is possessed by both animals and hum- um, mankind. The second is a self-consciousness, which is possessed by mankind, where we can encompass thought, reason, and imagination. And then lastly, it's the cosmic consciousness, which is a higher form of consciousness than that possessed by the ordinary mad. So I was like, what the fuck does this even mean? Like, oh. it doesn't explain you know, what it is. You know, you know those, that, those memes that you see of, like, the head and then, like, it's freaking... Yeah, the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. You know what that means? Brain. You know how in Dragon Ball Z, you know how Goku could astral project, how he puts his forehead, hand on his forehead and disappears? Yeah. Vegeta can't do that? Oh, the instant... The, the, the transmission. The instant okay. transmission. Not yeah. transmission. What the fuck yeah. that's called? Instant transmission. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what it is. That's why Vegeta, he doesn't have that cosmic consciousness. That's why he has to fucking hold on to fucking Goku in order for them to fucking instant transmission themselves somewhere else. Imagine going through instant so transmission. So there's three different. So we have. So we possess the first two. So the first one is basically for the animals. Yeah. The second one is this. Is, is basically for like most advanced humans like us. Yeah. And the third one is for like Saiyans of Saiyan blood. 
which we can actually tap into as well. Which later? Yeah, it makes sense. Because remember, uh, me on Super Saiyan. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't turn Super Saiyan because you don't have Saiyan blood. But you oh. can reach that cosmic consciousness. Yeah, Same thing as Krillin. Oh, true. Remember, true. Krillin is not he's a human. Saiyan. Hey, that's a perfect example. I ain't gonna lie. That's right? a perfect example. But he's, yeah. not, he's not a Saiyan. Fucking but blood. his max potential is like the basement of a Saiyan. True. So he's so there's a you know so it's, he's like up there. So that's all right. Go on. <laughs> I just dumbed it down for all of us. It's pretty good. That was a pretty good uh, analogy that you gave. It's, Better but than the fucking D and D one. That but one was perfect. Left me all lost and shit. Well, that's because your stupid ass don't play. D&D. Yeah, that's your fault, bro. Well, I got better things to do. I got to make a living and teach. I'm a teacher. Well, I have I'm to grade so papers. Suck a dick and roll D twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he doesn't know what a D twenty is either. He's looking at me confused as shit. Smile and wave. All right, proceed. But look, it gets even worse. On trying to define what so cosmic. Not only is it trippier, it gets yeah, worse. Yeah, it gets worse, okay? Fuck. But I, I could kind of. Well, look, <laughs> according to Buck, okay, and I quote this consciousness shows the cosmos to consist not of dead matter governed by unconscious, rigid, or unintending law. It shows it, on the contrary, as entirely immaterial, entirely spiritual. And entirely alive. It shows that death isn't absurd. That everyone and everything has eternal life. It shows that the universe is God. And that God is a universe. And that no evil ever did or ever will enter enter into it. A great deal of this, of course, from a point of view of self-consciousness, absurd. It is nevertheless undoubtedly true. Basically, they're like, Lovecraft, fuck you. Yeah, so you're just <laughs> like, what? You. So everything's like entwined together. Everything has one mind, one consciousness. So basically, what I'm what I'm getting from it is like the Matrix, but more organically, not mechanically. You know how the Matrix is? We are in the series. We're on this computer, uh, not program. Well, basically, that's what it is, computer yeah. program. Uh-huh. But the way they're describing it is, it's basically not a computer program, but like a living organism. Which is what the universe is, and the universe is the he is the universe is the god, and death is, yeah, all right. I just confused the shit out of myself, but okay. Yeah. yeah and there's another explanation, which. No, oh, you should have done that worse. before you made me look like an idiot. <laughs> well, hey. The die yourself, bro. <laughs> so this consciousness <clears throat> is is explained as a interconnected way of seeing things, which is more of an intuitive knowing than it is then it is a factual understanding, okay? So for scholars of the, uh, of the purist camp, the experience of cosmic consciousness is incomplete without the element of love, which is a foundation of mystical consciousness. So according to this, love is a big factor of, of how to tap into um, the cosmic consciousness, which is uh, later on, I'll... I mean, I'll just give you the the name of this technique, which is a CE five, which is. A I thought you were gonna say instant transmission. I'm like, yeah, we got that already. <laughs> <laughs> Super Saiyan three. Yeah, so it's a CE five protocol, which I will later on uh, dig into in the next uh, that next makes segment. My, that makes my Dragon Ball Z analogy even better because you need love. Goku is all about love. Uh, Vegeta is not. Goku's an idiot. All he wants to do is fight, dude. Fight and eat. <laughs> yeah, just fight and eat to get swole. Like yeah. the uh, the whites, the tall whites. The tall whites, correct. 
So I want to get to that level. Yeah, bleach my skin first. So, so the next contact claim for uh, UFOs is a recent one. Um, it's known as a Project Sonar Calling GJ273B. I believe it. Which, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 All right. That was easy. Okay. And, and this project was done this year on October from the days of October 16th to the 18th. And this project is led and is a team effort by the Sonar Music Festival and with Medi International. And Medi is short for Messaging to Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Institute of Space Studies of the Catalonia in Spain. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, if it's in Spain. Yeah, the you, Catalonia. You, Catalonia. You got any more lisp on that? Catalonia. Ca no. Oh, it's Spain. Italian. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm, Catalonia. I'm, I'm, I'm editing all of this out. It's <laughs> Catalonia. Oh, the lisp. Oh, the that's lisp. something I have naturally. It's a lisp. It's like, I mean, there's no S in Catalonia. So. I know, but I see all of this. Los studies of Catalonia in Spain. There you go. Okay. So, what's the goal of this project? Super Saiyan 1. No. God. <laughs> Okay, no, it's to contact there. aliens. So how are they trying to do it? How are they trying to contact these aliens? Mm -hmm. Right. So they formed a team of musicians and scientists that sent a message to aliens via radio waves and transmitted it nine different times. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody sent me a message nine different times, I'll be pretty fucking annoyed. Like an Xbox Live, back to back not party even, invites, or not or, even that. I mean, that is annoying. But imagine getting that message for someone you don't fucking know. <laughs> that's even worse. That's bad, bro. <laughs> New transmission. Who it is? No. Okay, so this message consists of 33 musical pieces. That's for you, Achi. That are 10 seconds of length. Okay. And it also has a, a, a understanding of how we humans keep time. Mm -hmm. And the third info that they include in that is when we will be listening for a response from them, the GJ273B. That being said, uh, the GJ273B uh, is uh, it's a nearby exoplanet from us, okay, and it's known as a super Earth. Okay, this planet is slightly more massive than Earth, and is and and it is within the star's habitable zone. So oh, it's no. nearby and. And it's a habit. It looks like it's habitable, right? Yeah. So they're trying to say, like, oh, maybe there's something there. Let's go ahead and send 30 second, 10 second songs. So basically, they're sending them like anal cunt songs, sending them mortician songs, uh, some, um, yeah. Journey has to be in there. Don't stop believing. 10, sec 10 seconds, bro. The intro. Down, 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 down. That's it. <laughs> the fuck are you going to do with the intro? <laughs> Yeah, and this is a first radio message of its kind designed for direct contact. It's <laughs> the x specific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, bro. Go for it. Say your shit now, bro. The f interrupting my shit. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is none other than on Alien Encounters. Motherfuckers. So it was ridiculous playing that. <laughs> that was pretty smooth, though. I ain't going to lie. Okay. Well, T Rex songs. Try to play the X Five songs. Oh, Give it to us. Nice. 
There you All right, guys, that is the episode. <laughs> Thank you guys Thanks so for tuning in. <laughs> Bunch of dicks. Anyways, so I'm going to start off with the least, I mean, not as famous encounters to the more famous encounters, just to, you know, break it in. So one of the, the, the not the first encounters, but one of the more famous encounters, it's tagged as the French, quote-unquote, fried farmer. I'll let you know why it's called that. Because he got high as fuck <laughs> trying to go Super Saiyan. I swear, bro. <laughs> But anyways, on January 9th of 1981 in Providence, southeastern France, 55-year-old farmer Renardo Nicole, Nicolai, Nicolai? It's Nicolai. Nicolai was witness to something unexplainable. It was a typical day of farming for Mr. Nicolai when he heard a loud rumble coming from his backyard. When he exited into his backyard, he couldn't believe that what he had witnessed. A large, shining, spherical oval object crash-landed but before he could get any closer to investigate, the object in instantly vanished into midair. Now, you might be thinking, all right, accidents, you know, like this always happens, obviously. Someone gets drunk and, you know, hopped up on drugs and all of a sudden they went into the weirdest shit. But according to scientific analysis, the crater that was left by the crash landing um, actually put out a pressure of four to five tons and left a burn mark that was made between something that you know he heated it up between 300 to 600 degrees celsius or 500 to 1200 degrees fahrenheit god damn so not only were there trace not only that there were also traces of phosphate and zinc materials that were found nowhere else near mr nikolai's farm so i mean no solid conclusions were made by any authorities as to what landed in ronaldo nikolai's farm and of course Military made no comment onto the occurrence. Damn, so basically, I mean, we have to go by the farmer's word, right? Because they have, there's nothing else to prove. The, they have no other explanation. And the, was, the, was the farmer drunk? No. So they're just like saying, oh, he's drunk just to try to people, take credit. Yeah, because yeah. people, are, I mean, people will be people. They're like, ah, he just probably saw something, you know. Me. True. <laughs> me. <laughs> me. But I mean, like, it, unlike me. other occurrences, there's actual physical proof evidence that something whatever yeah. it may be nice. landed there so that's the first one and now we're going deep to do you guys remember the phoenix lights in 1997 something happened that captivated the whole world apparently not enough because you guys don't remember it on the night of I was eight years old, bro. I was focused on Power Rangers and Pokemon yeah, isn't that cards. Where, where a bunch of fucking True. UFOs mm -hmm. or lights were all hovering. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that happened that on the night of March 13. Okay. Something was hovering over the city of Phoenix, Arizona. A massive array of lights were floating in the skies in some sort of V formation. People described this as some sort of aircraft that was similar to the size of a Boeing 747. God damn. While others believe it to span over at least two miles long. This site was captured by countless amounts of people and even some recording the event. Um, there's actually, I don't know if you guys remember the video, just like this V formation and there's like a bunch yeah. of little lights. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that's what it was called, the Phoenix Lights. The Phoenix Lights. And apparently this event lasted several hours and was recorded in various angles depending on where the eyewitnesses were located at the time of the event. Two very notable people were also witnesses to the event. One being the governor of Arizona at the time of his name, I think it was Fife Symington, 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 who was a retired U.S. Air Force pilot who he himself couldn't even explain what he saw. It wasn't like anything else that he had seen before, he said. 
and seeing how he maneuvered in the sky, he was quite sure that the aircraft was not of this world. He said that he had no doubt in his mind that that ab- object was alien in nature. And the second person who actually was surprised was none other than the notably known actor Kurt Russell. For those who have, who have seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, he's the actor who played the role of Ego, which is Chris Pratt's father in the movie. One of the first eyewitness accounts made from the air was Kurt Russell himself. Just like Harrison Ford, Kurt Russell is also a civil airplane pilot, and on the night of the event, he was actually in the air, and his son about to get prepared for a landing when he noticed this large plane with lights hovering over the city. In a British TV interview, he spoke out about this event. When he called in the air traffic control, he asked if it was possible to come in for a safe landing since there was no other aircraft close into the landing strip. The air traffic control monitor replied by saying that there are no other signs of aircraft anywhere in sight and he was good to go. So he made the report to the control monitor that there is some sort of unidentified flying object. Needless to say, Kurt Russell and his son made it back safely and his son and him never spoke of the event until two two years later when a report was made of the Phoenix Lights stating that a general air pilot was one of the first who had made the reports of seeing this unexplainable object. It wasn't until then that he realized that he was that person who made that account. And of course, the military made no comment of what had occurred, with the exception of it being light flares in the sky. I mean, it was it's so trippy that I didn't know that Kurt Russell, the guy from... You know, yeah. Guardians. He was the one that... Yeah, he's a well-known actor. Yeah. That he was the one that, that was one of the first encounters in the air to, you know, find out about the Phoenix Lights. Mm. Bro, my only problem with what you said is the fact that you, of all the movies he's done, and he's done so many fucking amazing <laughs> movies. True. True. The Thing. Tombstone. True. So many fucking movies. <laughs> you decided to choose Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his work in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. He was... He was He's not this Dude, he was fucking Elvis, bro. Anyways. <laughs> of all the fucking movies. Go on, go on. Speaking of movies, city of, you know, Hollywood and whatnot. You guys remember the Battle of Los Angeles? Yes. So this is the next topic I want to get into since, you know, we are from L.A. and none other than the great Los Angeles air raid. He was in the hateful eight. God damn it. Yes, <laughs> go on, just go on, go on. Are you sure? Yeah. You don't want to go any more rants? Yeah, I'll warn you. I'll see if I remember anymore. All right, cool. Anyways, so none other than the great Los Angeles air raid, or better known to many of us as the Battle of Los Angeles. Big trouble in Little China. There Holy shit. Shut the fuck up. All right, go on. Archie, go for it, dude. So before I get rudely interrupted <laughs> again, I want to ask you guys, did you guys know about you know the Battle of Los Angeles before the 2011 movie? Because I had no idea about it until yeah, the film. I did. Yeah. Did you, Josh? No. Yeah. I mean that's that's where I freaking where it piqued my interest. Wait, is this during World War? No, this was during World War Two. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, never mind. It was. Yeah, but I'm confusing the shit out of it. Yeah, or something yeah else. it's when they shot the shit out of it. Whoa, boy, you're gonna tell the story. So yeah, speaking of, many of us may remember from our U.S. history classes, <laughs> or might, you know, that on December the seventh of 1941, the U.S. attack was. The U.S. was attacked by a surprise airstrike conducted by the Japanese Naval Air Service and thus plunged the U.S. into the Second World War. 
This was a terrifying time for the U.S. and after the Pearl Harbor attack, military and civilians alike were in complete disarray and in full alert. The U.S. military were stationed all over the Pacific coast and primarily, primarily off of Los Angeles. L.A. was booming with military defense and prepared for the next Japanese strike either by air, land, or sea. Then just a few months later, something strange occurred off the coast of L.A. On the night of February 24th in 1942 in Hermosa Beach, out of all places, the night skies were lit with over 1,400 anti-aircraft artillery shells over the span of one hour straight. God damn. The sirens were wailing and the city was in complete blackout and spotlights were shining on an unidentified aircraft flying over the Los Angeles coast. After being only a few months since the Pearl Harbor attack, the U.S. suspected that the aircraft must have been Japanese. But due to the nature of the flying object and the fact that the object was quote-unquote untouched left the U.S. in complete awe. In an interview conducted by the History Channel, Dr. Scott C. Littleton was a retired anthropology professor who was nine years old when he witnessed this appalling event. He said he heard the sirens, the shooting, and he was able to clearly see the object flying overhead from where he was located. He saw the searchlights following the object across the skies, and, the f and it was flying at approximately 200 miles an hour as it was being shot by the artillery shells. The object then started to go out of sight towards Redondo Beach, where it was slowly descending until it eventually disappeared from sight. Just moments later, he said that he remembered seeing around three to five American propeller wing airplanes fly across towards the object. So now, what would you say if the government attempted to cover up this event? What do you think that the, the, the military would say to try to cover this shit up? I don't know what. Oh, uh, it was um, it was a uh, a blimp, no air balloon. Uh, Bingo! On the very next day, yeah. a memorandum was sent to the president of the U.S. as an official report of the event. The memorandum gave a breakdown as to what was observed that evening, how many shots were fired, and if any U.S. military soldiers were wounded. However, it was also noted in the memorandum that quote. No U.S. Army or naval planes were in action, end quote. Yet countless civilians' witnesses, like Dr. Littleton, clearly observed American airplanes flying overhead towards the same direction of the unidentified aircraft. Not only that, not to mention of civilian casualties was noted in the official records. But on the contrary, six people were actually killed in the event due to either car accidents or fallen shrapnel. This brings us to three theories that were brought up by conspiracy theorists concerning what was actually observed that night. And so, the first theory, that it was actually a military air raid drill. Okay? So, I mean, obviously, the, the first theory was none other than a simulation of a routine training drill, just like, you know, getting ready for the, Jap the Japanese attack. That makes sense. Attack. They're going, you know, we're going to war. Yeah. We're doing some exactly. drills. True. It looks weird we're because getting we're getting, we're doing some heavy hit shit. I mean, we're going, it's World War II. We're trying to shoot up, see what how many shots we could you know, round up in yeah. an hour straight. But, you know. So, being a music teacher, I understand the importance of over-preparedness. I get it. You know, you want to make sure that you cross your eyes I mean, you cross your T's and dot your I's. Cross you know. your I's? It's like, bro, you are a teacher. How <laughs> the fuck are you teaching your students? I'm also blind, so, <laughs> uh, you know. But, you know, 
this isn't over preparedness. I feel like this is overkill, to be honest. If there were, if it was really a training drill, um, there's no reason for them to shoot out 1,400 anti-aircraft shells from every which angle, without assuming you know the consequences of the damages and the injuries caused on civilians. Like, come on. True. I know we're it's U.S., but we ain't that stupid, or are we? Uh, who, who's our president? I mean, talking about back then. We're talking about now. We are at the smartest we've ever been. Look who the fuck our president is. <sighs> fuck you, Russia. Anyways, that's theory number one. Now, theory number two, what Josh said. The blimp? The second theory the is that the U.S. is sticking to their guns to, you know, especially since too many civilians know about this event. U.S. officials first believed that the flying aircraft was Japanese fleet. But however, years later... Japanese records admit that the that neither air or sea fleets were present at the date or time of the event. So their next probable probable answer was that it must have been a large shiny blimp. The US military at the time were on edge due to the recentness of the Pearl Harbor attack. And the Secretary of the Navy, Frank Knox, attributed this war nerves attributed this to war nerves and misjudgment on their part. They believe that a blimp must have been released from its hangar by mistake and somehow ended off the coast of Los Angeles. Again, however, this is hardly believable due to several factors. One, this is, if this were true, then there should have been some sort of evidence of you know, fallen or destroyed blimp material, just as it was most evidently present years later in the Roswell incident that I'll talk about after. And also, again, there's no reason for this to have gone Longer than a few minutes, let alone an hour of constantly firing into the air to whatever it was. Lastly, Dr. Littleton mentioned in his interview that the closest hangar where blimps were held was in El Segundo, just a few miles north from Hermosa Beach. If this were fact true, then you would think that, you know, the missing blimp would be reported from the guys from the hangar and would be like, you know... My bad, bro. We we actually just had a, a on blimp, break. You know, I left the door open. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to scare y'all, but you know, it's, we just released it. You think that someone will say something, but that wasn't the case. He probably didn't say nothing because he didn't try to get fired. He didn't want to. He because that was a big Fair fuck enough. up. That's a big fuck. He was just like shit. He was. He needed. He wanted to go on his break. He. This is a double shift. He's like, I need my break. Forgot to close the hangar. He looked around. The blimp was out. He's like, you know what? Ooh, no what? one knows I was here. Technically, I was on my break. If I don't say nothing, they don't know nothing. And then he's like shitting it for like two days. And then he finds out people are like, it's aliens. aliens? He's like, oh, shit. I'm in the clear. Fuck yeah. Yes. Oh. I mean, and speaking of the third theory, after so much still unexplained about the true occurrence of the Battle of Los Angeles, we're down to our final theory that I believe is the most probable, and that is aliens. Due to the nature of the object and the way that it was described by countless witnesses, there is no possible way that whatever the object was in the sky was man-made. This, The way it maneuvered in the sky and was able to withstand 1,400 rounds of direct fire for an hour straight has to be some sort of UFO. It is presumed by UFO specialists that the plane that the U.S. denied were even present were actually going towards to retrieve the fallen unidentified aircraft and Navy drivers to recover whatever was found. Okay. And now we're going to 
our final events. And that is none other than the more famous Roswell event. So in 1947, it has to be one of the largest UFO sightings in the U.S. with just over 300 claims of people believing to see some sort of unexplainable flying object. In that same year, it is believed that something unearthly has crashed in Boston Ranch, located just northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. So the official timeline goes like this. Sometimes before June 14th of 1947, something crashed in Boston Ranch. And on July 4th, a rancher by the name of Mac Brazel went to go pick up some of the fallen debris. And so this guy checks it out and decides, you know what, I think the sheriff needs to check this out. And so on July 7th, Mac Brazel takes a sample of the debris to the local police station and presents it to Sheriff George Wilcox. The sheriff then passed the debris to Roswell Army Airfield and presented it to Colonel Butch Blankard. Side note, this is the site where, you know, that was home to the airplane pilot 509 bombardment group that dropped atomic bombs by the end of World War II. But anyways, if it wasn't enough bureaucracy for you, Colonel Blankard then contacts his superior, General Roger W. Ramey. Ramey then orders Major Jesse Marcel and an intelligence officer to pick up the rest of the debris. Marcel then briefs Ramey of the situation and what he has found in the crash site. General Ramey goes nuts because he immediately goes to Lieutenant Walter Hot and issues a press release with the headline, quote, Roswell Army Airfield Captures Flying Saucer on Ranch in Roswell Region. I don't know about you guys, but if you know you call out a press conference releasing a statement that you found a flying saucer, you best believe you have some evidence at hand. Keep in mind that Ramey at this point has not seen any physical evidence yet. So he just went and was like, let me run with it. True. Fuck. Okay, so now Ramey asks for the evidence to be sent to Fort, to Fort Worth, Texas to conduct his personal investigation. He and other investigators conclude that the debris did not come off a flying saucer, but instead from a fallen, fallen weather balloon. He immediately orders yet another press release with a photo of Major Jesse Marcel, you know, the person who initially went to, the, to assess and pick up the debris from the crash site, standing next to what were his findings of the crash site and had been concluded to be a material from a fallen weather balloon. The very next day, on July 9th of 1947, another newspaper made the headline with, quote, harassed rancher who located, quote-unquote, saucer, sorry he told about. So basically, the story was shot. Since the story's main guy who went to go actually look at the wreckage was discredited, then no one would believe that, you know, this was a UFO crash, and everyone eventually forgot that this incident ever happened. The general public went on to live their day today life for a while fast forward now almost 40 years later a nuclear physicist and ufo researcher stanton freeman didn't quite believe what the government told him so he went on to research more about the incident that actually got a hold and actually got a hold of the retired um you know person who actually found the wreckage major jesse marcel yeah who again was intelligence officer and Marcel went on to admitting, quote, it felt like you had nothing in your hands. It wasn't any thicker than tinfoil from a pack of cigarettes. But the thing about it that got me is that you couldn't even bend it. You couldn't dent it. Even a sledgehammer would bounce off of it. I knew that I hadn't seen anything like it before, end quote. 
And he goes on to say, quote, It was not anything from this earth. That I'm quite sure of. Being an intelligence officer, I am familiar with just about all materials used in aircraft and such or air travel, end quote. So after hearing from this from a first-hand witness, Stanton Freeman decided to conduct a few more interviews, which might have included those who corroborated with the happenings of the Roswell incident. After hearing from these people, Freeman came to the conclusion that it has to be a massive government, a cover-up, a cosmic watergate, if you will. Freeman even uh, theorizes that the cover-up contained more details about the crash site. You know what was crazy too about the water balloon, no, the, the the water balloon, the weather balloon yeah. thing. Like if you guys look at the picture, go online and look at the picture. It's supposed to be a weather balloon, right? Uh-huh. When they look at it, like no one noticed it until like way later. Everyone's like, "All right, if this is a weather balloon. How come it's so brand new? It was supposed to crash into the dirt. It's brand new. There's no it looks sun. Clean. It's clean. It's fresh. It's clean. How is it gonna be clean if it lands in the middle of the fucking desert? desert. It looks like they just and opened it. Crash landed. Yeah, it crashed. There's nothing. There's like even in the picture. There's no trails of it hitting. It's it looks just deflated. Yeah, someone just they just open it up, take the picture. Oh look, this is what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so speaking of, you know, Freeman theorizes that the cover contained more details, like materials that were actually found on the site, possible alien aircraft, and even alien bodies. Dun dun dun. But again, there's only conspiracy theory created by UFO researcher. So yeah. So now, the theories about what happened. Theory number one. The stuff about the crash with the weather balloon was true. Years after the case in 1994, the U.S. Air Force admits that there was a cover-up, but not for aliens, but for a top-secret military test called Project Mogul. Project Mogul Mogul was conducted by Maurice Ewing from Columbia University, who used 600 weather balloons with recording devices that track sound waves produced by explosions specifically to track testings by the Soviets. Several tests were made across the U.S., and one of them so happened to be in Roswell, New Mexico, in and around the same time of when the Roswell incident occurred. This was later confirmed in 1995 when congressman and the UFO uh, enthusiast Steve Schiff conducted an audit on the the U.S. Air Force to confirm that the reports were made of the Roswell incident, where, where it was first present and available, and importantly, you know, any accurate information that the government has said. The U.S. Air Force responded with a report titled, quote, Roswell Report, Fact versus Fiction, end quote. In the report, it also states that General Ramey's statement of it being a crash made by the flying saucer was a gross overreaction and it never happened. The report also talked about theories explaining the reasons why people believed that there were alien bodies found. In the 1950s, military tested parachutes using test dummies and were thrown out from the sky. The dummies themselves were six feet tall. But what I don't wrap my head around from the theories, from the theories whoever is, how the hell do people confuse the dummy testing in the 1950s with the crash that happened in 1947? Well, Colonel Haynes has the perfect reason for that. And he said, quote, details can become compressed over time. Now, here's the thing. I understand in days or even in weeks can be confused. But how do you confuse years of events? Do you really think that hundreds of people confused the year of the Roswell event with the dummy testing? Yeah, I don't think so, man. But anyways, let's move on to the second theory. The latter is obviously that, you know, it was indeed an alien cover-up. 
This theory was created by Stanton Friedman, who interviewed countless civilians who had seen the crash occur. Over 600 people were, uh, to be exact, that included anyone from basic civilians to government authority. Although the theory seemed vague in nature due to the lack of physical evidence, respected authors of the acclaimed book, Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the 60-Year Cover-Up by Thomas J. Carey and Donald R. Schmidt, connect this theory to that if 100 people were witness to a murder providing similar evidence, then the murder must have occurred. So, basically, if enough people cry woof, then of course it happened. Years later, however, I mentioned before, Major Jesse Marcel, who again was a prime witness of the incident, admitted that this was a cover-up and he indeed saw something unearthly. He was, however, one of the first to start a domino effect of government witnesses, other than those who corroborated with the Roswell incident, also admitted to the materials that were actually found that were not part of a weather balloon, but alien in nature due to the fact that all the witnesses had a similar description as to how the material looked and felt. One military witness explained how he was able to roll the metallic substances perfectly into a ball and the material were, were to miraculously return to its original shape within seconds, and when he would attempt to smash the metal with a sledgehammer, it would ricochet off the metal without any signs of scratches or dents. Damn. The farmer who first noticed the incident, Brazel, even went on to interview with KGFL Radio to admit that the crash was most likely a UFO and the alien bodies were also present. However, according to KGFL, this interview was never aired because the FCC and Senator Dennis Chavez urged KGFL not to. When Brazel was asked as to why he kept information withheld for so long, he admitted to being forced by military to, military to stay quiet for all these years. Okay. Lastly, the photo in which Marcel is shown next to the materials found in the crash where apparently it was a weather balloon, Marcel admitted that this was a cover-up and he exclaimed, that the actual materials were sent to a different facility where they were tested and conducted experiments for the purpose of reverse engineering. This is actually believed that the reports were made by the Roswell incident between January to April of 1947 were destroyed and those who were part of the process of erasing the files of existence were never named. Damn. So it was just like, it never happened. Yeah, and that's the second theory. It was either weather balloon or it was aliens. Yeah. But there's one more. And this last one. Um, so I just recently got this, this Surface, and I've been using the Microsoft Edge web browser. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it gives you news updates and stuff. And remember, this was a, a two weeks ago, I think, when there was an occurrence that happened in New Mexico. Oh, this is the. All right, go on. So. Okay, so when I watched the video, it looked like this fireball flame that was kind of just standing midair. And it was a recording of someone in a helicopter, you know, viewing this and then like saying like, what, you know, what is this? What's wrong? And then so they, they time lapse it because they kept on recording it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see different fireballs, you know, coming from the ground going up. And at first you would think, you know, they're missiles or whatever, you know, they're missiles being shot. Yeah. But they stay midair. They're not like moving anywhere. They look like they're flowing, but it's just like there. Oh, they're two Saiyans. They're fighting in the oh air. Oh, my. Two <laughs> fucking Saiyans. So I wanted to show you guys this video, but oh, here's dialogue. the fucking weird thing. And I feel like I, I sound like one of these fucking UFO specialists talking crazy. I can't find the video to save my life. 
You can't find it anymore, huh? I can't find it anymore. But you saw it. I saw it. And someone could attest to this, my girlfriend Sonia, because we both saw it. And I was like, baby, have you seen this? It's like, oh, shit, yeah. I, sh- I saw it when I was like loading up my Surface, too. It's probably a Surface thing. I don't know. But anyways, we, I was like, what, is, what do you think it is? I'm like, I don't fucking know. And it looks like fire, like just floating in midair. And then when I tried looking for it, I couldn't find it. And I was like, I talked to her. I'm like, wait, babe, did we watch that video? She's like, yeah. You mean the one with the fire one that was happening in New Mexico? Yeah. I'm like, I can't find it. She's like, what do you mean you can't find it? Yeah. Like, I tried. They took it down. I tried searching for New Mexico fireball, New Mexico UFO, New Mexico alien encounters, like anything. Nothing. 2017. Nothing, bro. Nothing. Bro, you fucked up by saying this on air? True. If you guys don't, I. I'm deaf right now, so I didn't hear anything Achi said. So if anybody's listening, I don't know what he's saying. I thought they were talking about Dragon Ball Z. Man. I'm talking, uh, yeah, he's talking about Dragon Ball Z character. So if he disappears, <laughs> I don't know why he disappeared. The listeners might know why he disappeared, but I won't know why he disappeared. And that was Alien Encounter. Are you supposed to play the X Files theme song? Oh. Nice. I'm a little bit jealous, bro. I have no fuck. I mean, I have my guitar, but I have to what hook it up. <laughs> it has a face on it, man. This is it cost me like awesome. what? I think that with shipping and stuff, like about thirty bucks. That instrument bucks? that you guys keep hearing Achi uh, using, I'm gonna post a picture. I'm actually gonna post a video of him playing the X Files theme song <laughs> on our Instagram. So please, if you guys if you guys want to see all these pictures, you guys want to see these fucking videos, go follow us if you guys haven't already. Go follow us on our Instagram so you can see all the pictures we talk about during the shows. That Instagram is Weird History Eerie Tales Pod. Again, Weird History Eerie Tales Pod. 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 We we got to hunt for that video, dude. I'm actually interested in watching that video. Okay, so early on, I mentioned uh, a technique to uh, to contact these UFOs, and it's known as a CE5 protocol, and it's short for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Protocol. Alright, so this technique, this method, was developed by Dr. Stephen Gear himself. Okay, this technique is done through meditation. And this protocol has uh, one, two, three, three steps in order to find success on summoning uh, a UFO. Okay, so step one is known as a looking inward personal step. Okay, and the description is based on this. A positive expectation along with meditation experience and an ability to quiet your mind is essential to contact success. The physical world we focus upon is not the only universe where we can connect. So meditation is key for this CE5 protocol. Um, He mentions that you got to have experience in meditation. Okay. And this leads to uh, step two of this protocol. And it's known as expanding outward step. Um, And this is based on working with others, other people that have the same mind as you. And this will enhance your experiences. Now, I don't know what this means, but uh, there's an acronym called ETLTs, 5,000 plus CE5 team members participate in 50 plus countries. So there's a lot of people who 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 practice the ce5 and it's it's best done if you do it with people who believe in the ce5 
which will enhance your, your experience. experience your experience with uh summoning these these aliens some of the gods i don't know man i feel like this is like some saiyan training that's what i'm saying <laughs> there's a lot of parallels with dragon ball yeah. z today and step three True. is known as reaching infinity and beyond okay and the description is this is that the universe energy is free and available to everyone that reaches out to plug in using the power of this grid the ce5 teams reach out to connect with compassionate extraterrestrial contacts uh which is crazy that this just says that there's aliens who are waiting for us mm -hmm. to contact them mm -hmm. which is i believe it yeah and 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 dr stephen greer um, um he states that uh it's a peaceful way to contact peaceful aliens who also are using meditation mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. uh calming <laughs> So what do you mean by a plug-in? Is that when you meditate? Yeah, I guess when you're balls deep in meditation oh, okay. and you focus. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, like I don't mean to like interrupt you, but there's this. That's cool. Go um, for it. I've been doing it all day anyways. All fucking <laughs> All podcast. All fucking episodes. So fuck you. Some hey. asshole couldn't remember movies about <laughs> Kurt fucking Russell. Guys, I, I mean, in his defense, you use your phone to remember these movies. You weren't supposed to say that out loud. Well, oh, well, bitch. Homie, I got you, bro. I couldn't remember a few of them. <laughs> the jig is up, bitch. And then, um, yeah, so like, bitch. You know how he's talking about that that they need to go to the state of meditation? Yeah. Well, state of consciousness. Yeah. Um, there's people, I mean, this is not, re this is not related in terms of like alien, mm -hmm. but there's people who get high off of meditating. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this meditation that you could get, like, stupid high? high off meditating. You have to be really good at it. And it's the same effect, I think, as ayahuasca. So What the fuck? So, you know, like, ayahuasca, you... That's intense. Yeah. You, do, you know, you smoke you smoke the ayahuasca, I mean, you take... Not, not to say that, you know, to my listeners that I have done ayahuasca or anything. Well, that's the video that you saw? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, like, Holy fuck. Ayahuasca. I've met people who, who've done ayahuasca. There's one guy who, who, who I work with... Mm -hmm. um, He's done. He, he used to do ayahuasca when he was younger. He's like in his fifties now, but he says when he was younger he used to do it. And he says it's, it's fucking intense because you smoke. He says he would take like huge puffs. You're supposed to take like four or five, mm -hmm. right? You do it, and then you pass out and you go into this different consciousness where you're in this different world talking with these huge trees, whatever. But the whole time you're throwing physically, you're just throwing up. Yep. You're throwing up all these evil, all these toxins and it's an extreme high like it's a stupid highway it's either a good trip or a bad trip and the second the tr and the second the trip is over it's over you're not high anymore it's like a 10 minute thing or it depends on how many yeah you know things you that's do it. it's just an on and off switch yeah and people could get high get, 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 get the ayahuasca high from this meditation how, are they throwing up too when they do i pretty sh i do not know i doubt it because i'm pretty sure they're throwing up is because of the whatever you're smoking yeah I wouldn't know, Fine. but yeah, but that makes, but that's pretty interesting that they, they could talk through meditation, which makes sense because you're like, oh shit, in order for you to get this ayahuasca high, you have to meditate. And there's people who meditate, but you meditate for like four or five hours straight and then you get into that state where you're just talking to, you're in fucking, you're, you're Alice in Wonderland. Have you guys tried to meditate? Like just sit down and just try to focus and just yeah. ease your mind? You know how hard that is? It's called memes. <laughs> <laughs> It's called sleep. If I close my if my fat ass close my eyes, I'm going to bed and I'm wake up starving. All right, put my bed. Yeah, so yeah, that's, so that's interesting. So that's this cool. technique, the CE5, um, it's meant for the ETs who are very tuned in and can be creative in their choice of how they want to communicate um, with people who 
or meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this contacting them could be throughout any time of the day, anywhere that is convenient, comfortable, and safe for you. Um, they recommend going somewhere out of the city, somewhere just nature itself, where you mm-hmm. can see the stars without the pollution and all that mm-hmm. lighting. Um, yeah, so that's one of the important criterias of of this technique method. Now, that being said, I have an article um, done by the Express. Uh, it's over there in the UK. Okay, and the title of this article is "Man tries to contact aliens." Then bizarrely, this awesome flight saucer appeared. Now, I, I forgot them, to mention this. These motherfuckers are so even buried in the lead in the title. They tell you exactly yeah, what yeah, the article's yeah. about. Nice. I forgot to mention about the CE5. So after you do it, the following day, or most people say after the following day, at night, you need this equipment, lighting, cameras, different type of cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, you need lasers, all right, for at night. So that following night, you'll see... Uh, Lights and different stuff in the sky. So that's where your cameras and your laser comes in hand. Come your laser, yeah, dude. There's there's a whole video of people doing the CE5, and they have their videos, okay, pointing out night vision, whatever, and they post, they 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 beam out this beam out to the light, and it flashes back. Oh, in different position. Yeah, it's it's it, it's crazy. And this is one of the pictures of this article you can see right here. So it's in broad daylight. Okay, is so. It? Oh, here it is. Yeah, we'll post it up on our Instagram again. Yeah. Weird History Retails Pod. P-O-D. So again, the title of this article is Man Tries to Contact Aliens. Then bizarrely, this awesome flying saucer appeared. Okay, so this um, this man took a picture um, of this flying, unidentified flying object uh-huh. out in the sky. And uh, this case is being investigated, okay, after it was submitted online to a well-known... Um, UFO website. Well, not website, but uh, what's like it officials? Called? Yeah. So the biggest UFO research group, which is called the Mutual UFO Network. Um, what else? Yeah. So that's that's where he turned in this image, right? And the man stated in his report that the evening before he had been trying to contact aliens using a specific method developed by world famous UFO guru. Dr. Stephen Greer, um, which is known by believers as close encounters of the fifth kind, CE5 protocol. Okay. Now, the witness wrote, the night before this event, I had been meditating meditating, and attempting to contact ETs through CE5 protocols as I've done in the past. I caught a possible orb the night before, but this is a motion-activated camera. So within 0.3 seconds, it shoots off a three-round burst. Um, so it's crazy. And there's videos of people using the CE, uh, the CE five protocol. Mm. And you guys should check out the video. It shows these fucking images of not just light, but you see like these sorcerers just flying around. And this is something you should be looking for after you, you, you do a CE five protocol, um, distortion in space and time. What? Yeah, I know. I was like, what? Orbs, balls, light. Being touched by something you can't see. Objects being moved for no reason. Unexplained lights. Sensing energy. Plasma type crafts. Flashes of light. Unusual physical sensations. Thoughts 
that are not yours and the list goes on and on so if you do try to do this technique those are the the side yeah, effects of- those are something you should be looking for of terms of what you possibly might feel mm-hmm. or see but after uh after you do meditate the following day you should go out look in the sky day or night and then if they want to contact you they'll contact me. they'll they'll contact you in their own way let's see if this guy's worthy hey, you know what's crazy uh what's up that you mentioned it about orbs this is completely off topic but did, did you guys notice the orb that was caught in our picture that's on our instagram Shut up! What are you talking about? I always about, just think bro? that's like a reflection of the light. What light? There's no light where that's taken from. What orb, you pleb? It's right there, bro. Where? The top. If you guys want to get this picture, it's the picture before our video. It's a video of us doing it, and it's a us sitting in front of a white wall. And look at the center, top right center, right over my head, and I'm the one holding up the energy drink Nas. There's a orb that's, and um, someone commented on the picture. I never noticed it. And uh, they commented on the picture saying, like, oh, there's a fucking orb over your head. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I know this person in real life. And then there's a fucking orb. And there's no way that, where's <laughs> where's that orb going to come from? It's a reflection of light. Or from just, where? The, it's, it's in bulbs. There's no, those bulbs don't give out white light. Or it's a smudge. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we got an orb in our picture. <laughs> what does that even mean when you have orbs like I don't, spirits? It, it's supposed to mean some shit. I don't know what it means, but it means some shit. And we caught it. So go on our Insta- follow us on our Instagram. <laughs> like weird, that motherfucking weird orb real quick. History Retails Pod. Like that picture. Like it for the orb. Don't like it for us. Do like for it for orb. the orb so Nas can see that we want to get sponsored. <laughs> That's my goal and dream for this podcast, to get sponsored by Nas. I want to die by now. It's the energy drink. Fuck. That's that's the podcast fuel. That's pretty hardcore, man. I wouldn't doubt it if they come in. Like, you serious? So, yeah. So, this is a technique Dr. Stephen Greer used um, for the French mod. He he used a CE5. And he, uh, well, he summoned a UFO. I feel like meditating now. Yeah. And there's pictures of him. I don't want to go that far proof. for Ayahuasca, though. Fuck that. No, well, who knows, man? You might summon a, a alien, bruh. And try to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> who says you're gonna throw up? Oh, well, ayahuasca, that's the thing. You throw <laughs> up. But he's talking about meditating. No, but that's why I'm I don't know. If if you get the same experience, you won't as, know until you do it. Do it. And you're a teacher too, so you should do it. Yeah, you should definitely you should definitely you do teach it. your students <laughs> to meditate. All for the greater voyage of learning. Now, y'all some bitches for not believing me in that fucking orb. Y'all shot me down immediately, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your orb, bro. That's for me, bro. I'm trying to sleep at night. <laughs> I got my pit bull. My girlfriend, so we're good. <laughs> I got my... <laughs> he has his Andromeda light. Which, oh, the Pathfinder? Oh, True. Pathfinder. Is it yeah, Pathfinder? Yeah. Uh, well, what's called Pathfinder? Yeah. No. Well, the, the game, right? Yeah. It's it is not, a game, no? It's not called Pathfinder. But what's the game called? I forgot. Anyways, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining. Us today. <laughs> this is the second time. Too. And that shit's bugging me, bro. What's, what's the name of the game? I told you. How. We'll figure it out. Right, anyway, our listeners don't need to know this shit. Maybe they do. They're probably annoyed already. Like, go, go on. Next topic. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of annoying people, you know who else was annoyed the shit out of me? Because you know, because I mentioned in the beginning, what I hate about you know whenever I I start. Researching a UFO, anything, I always see like people ruining 
the UFO experience and telling like there's one video I saw of the MIB that I'll talk about after. It's like, oh, are these actual MIB people? Who will f- fucking guess? We'll find out. <laughs> and so I, I just skipped and skipped and skipped. And so we got to the point. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, here we go. It's a fucking live video of, of pe- people ha- having the opportunity to freaking see MIB live, you know? And it turns out video's fake. Uh, and also, not only that, it was it was a music part of a music video mm. by Radiohead. And I was like, no. So there's another reason I fucking rate. I hate Radiohead. <laughs> Fuck Radiohead. <laughs> Just for that reason. If I didn't need another reason to hate them, there's there's there one. But yeah, speak. Well, on that topic, you guys know Tom DeLonge. Who? I love Tom DeLonge. I, I love what. I love Blink-182. Uh, there you go. I want to say that. I, I love Blink-182. I, I, had, I had no idea about, you know, well, I know who Tom DeLonge was and, you know, Blink-182, but I never ho- heard him speak or, like, talk about anything until, you know, this video came up. Yeah. Because when I te- typed in Joe Rogan Alien Encounters, this was one of the top choices. I'm like, oh, wait, let me click on it because this is a guy from Blink-182. I was telling Josh this. I never had so many fucking, like, arrugas in my forehead from watching this Just fucking face video. face palms. Dude. Ah, Mass like, Effect. Sorry. That's the name of the game, Mass oh, Effect. There you go. Yeah. And, like, the way Tom describes the stuff that he talks about concerning a- UFOs and alien encounters is insane, dude. It pisses you off. It's like, so Rogan's, you know, he brings him up and he's like, all right, so talk talk to us about aliens. If you guys want to know what we're talking about, it's the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. I guess, obviously, I mean, not obviously, maybe you don't know. Joe Rogan, he has a podcast. This is one of the biggest podcasts in the fucking world. True. And this specific episode is episode 1029. And, and it's with Tom DeLonge, the singer of Blink-182. But and today, we're, we're going to say he's the singer of Angels and Airwaves because that band, I don't like Angels and Airwaves. And Tom DeLonge is annoying in this one. So he's the singer of Angels and Airwaves <laughs> <laughs> for this occasion. It. True. Fuck. And so, you know, Joe brings him up. He's like, talk to us about aliens. And Tom was like, well... You know, can't talk to you too much about aliens because, you know, I got people over me and, and you, you, I can't say too much. And it's just basically that wraparound over that same thing. Tom brings up a new topic and just and then Rogan's like, all right, he's trying to scratch his, th- like his skull like, about oh, it. Yeah. Like, all right, so what about it? He's like, oh, I can't talk okay, about yeah, it. I can't about talk about it. it. Like, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you go on there right? or on the podcast to speak the truth? And, he, and then, oh, I'm sorry. To I talk can't about, speak to talk truth. about something you can't talk about. And this is yeah. what I hate the most is like, he, his brings, face. he brings up his, <laughs> besides that, <laughs> of the Look many at his things. in the screenshot of, of this the video. many things. But he, he's part of, he made this kind of, I don't know what the, I really don't know what the fuck it is. But it's like his company called To The Stars. And I don't know if To The Stars is like oh, this uh, publication yeah. the, company. To The Stars Academy? Yeah. To, like a publication thing that he posts up stuff regarding, you know, the thing that the things that he's learned from, you know, this agency or whatever, this academy. Or like, is it like music related or entertainment related? I have no fucking clue. But anyways, we have a clip here. So that way you guys can get as frustrated as we are or as me <laughs> more than anything as to what like you know the premise of this whole video is i literally sat down the for the whole time to listen to the whole thing but we'll give you guys a minute of it you guys could listen to you know this madness so when when you say that this all this technology exists have they explained this to you or have you seen it physically Oh, I haven't seen anything physically like that. I'm not. I wouldn't be allowed to go anywhere if that does or doesn't exist. So they've just explained to you that this exists. Um, 
and that this is in the hands of the U.S. government? Let is me, that this? Uh, I think, no, no. I See, I don't want to get into that kind of stuff, but um, if you don't mind. Well, well, why is it that you want to not get into certain things? Well, I don't want to speak, act, you know, I represent more than myself these days. Right. So uh, I definitely have to watch what I say. Well, who do you represent when you say uh, you represent more the, than yourself? The, the team that I'm with. So when you look at the people that are a part of my company, it's under Secretary of Defenses and Defense and Senior Intelligence Service. Is there uh, a list of these people like that uh, we could see? Oh, sh yeah. I thought you guys would have had that. Yeah, so, but I mean, is there like a list where s folks could see it online? Uh, yeah, they can go to um, to the starsacademy.com and uh -huh. scroll down, and you'll be able to see who they all are. So, so how did you get linked up with all these people? That story might be a better way to start because okay. a lot of people don't know this part of the story, and I think you're going to find it pretty <laughs> odd as well. But uh, okay, so we'll back up a couple years. So. Um, I, ha I was obviously, you know, I, I started the band Blink and Blink went places and um, and then, uh, but we always had a weird band relationship like most bands and, and we also thought that we would never be big. So we started companies on the side and uh, I had a company that incubated a lot of small startups like software and apparel and hardcore skate surf companies and stuff like that. Well, I learned a lot from that and I pulled out an entertainment startup called To The Stars and I knew I was going to be doing kind of like science fiction franchised stories, just like Disney, but science fiction for adults. And what that means is, you know, I make a story, I title it, I brand it, and I put out the book, and I put out the merchandise, and I go make a movie, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a tr vertically integrated kind of model. Well, one of the stories I knew I wanted to put out was Secret Machines, which was kind of a historical fiction um, but based on real events about the UFO phenomenon. But I also knew that I knew shit that most people don't know because I've studied it for so long and I happen to put some pieces together. He knows shit that most people don't and know. And that's what annoyed the shit. Like, how? Bro, you, you're a rock star. That's what you are. You're a musician. What the fuck can you bring to the table to the CIA for them to be like, ain't it? They, you, got, you got something. I'm like, oh, you got something we don't know? Hey. Hey, but maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe he meditates. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he meditates. That's why he started Angels and Airwaves. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, my drive home, I listen to bits and bits until I reach the end. Yeah, and Joe Rogan's frustrated when he's like, yeah. he's like, what do you mean you can't talk about it? Who are these people? He's like, oh, what? Well, I mean, I thought you knew. He's like, and Joe Rogan was annoyed. And he was just like, Okay, is there a list where we can see? It's like, yeah, yeah, you just go on our website. Well, then what's the website? Oh, it's you know to the starsacademy.com. But he has to like jump through so yeah. many hoops, yeah. dude. Just like fucking give us information, just move on. And I know you're trying to freaking publicize your book and shit, but like, uh, yeah. But if you guys want to watch the video, it's not. I mean, it's not long in terms of like Joe Rogan long. Usually yeah. his interviews are like three hours, close to four. This one's an hour and forty. So you should go check it out. It's you know again, go on YouTube, Joe Rogan Experience, episode uh, one thousand twenty nine. You guys can us obviously you guys can find it on iTunes, and Google, but that's one of my favorite podcasts of all time too. And I enjoy that one a lot. But like this one, you just had me stressing the entire time. <laughs> but speaking of videos that I do like, I'm I'm a, a big activist of you know Buzzfeed Unsolved and those guys from there, Ryan and Shane. I love all their videos, and every time they post anything up, I'm like first, first to make sure that I freaking watch those shits because they're interesting as fuck. And that's where I get most of True. my ideas from, too, as far as, like, you know, things to talk about. Because they talk about weird and eerie shit, too. But they expand a little bit because they have their different segments. They have a segment on, you know, paranormal shit. They have a segment on, like, you know, crime shit and just, like, stuff like that. Yeah. 
And so one of the segments that they talked about was, you know, the men in black, MIB. And so. Will Smith. True. Wild Wild West. True. You know, Get jiggy with it. True. But not that type of MIB. Because <laughs> said Wild Wild West. Because the basic description of these guys, you know, they're abnormally large men with pale, almost plastic-like face, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, and, you know, obviously wearing a black full-piece suit. Those who have had encounters with the men in black have had a, a commonality of either being first-hand witnesses of UFO sightings or have been researching UFOs like <clears throat> exhibit A, B, and C over here. <laughs> These men introduced... You're going to knock on the door soon. True. The- <laughs> We're going to see fucking Prometheus walk in. These motherfuckers look like Prometheus. True. Fucking super so, sane, bro. These men introduced themselves as a part of a secret organization presenting... Oh, a badge with a crest-like logo in the upper left or right corner. The word security, centered and in a large, bold font, and identify themselves as a number that is printed on instead of having actual names. So instead of, hey, Officer James or Officer whatever, it's I'm number seven or I'm number eight. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of where men in black got it from, except their letters. True. And so these men and you know, the men in black specifically target those who have knowledge of UFOs. And instantly shut that shit down, preventing them from speaking of or further spreading the information to the public. So there's three encounters that I really, you know, that I I got from the video from BuzzFeed that I really liked. And one of them was um, by an encounter of Dr. Herbert Hopkins on September 11th of 1976 in Maine. One night when his wife and children were out, he was researching a UFO incident when suddenly his phone rang. The person identified himself as a UFO research organization and asked if he could meet up with Dr. Hopkins to, re- to review research. What was strange is that once he agreed to the meetup, he could already hear someone walking up his front doorsteps. When he turned on the porch light, he was greeted by a man, same description, white, pale, bald, expressionless, no eyebrows or eyelashes, but he described his r- lips as ruby red. So that's the only thing that really popped out. That popped out. And so the man then proceeded to ask Hopkins to watch a penny. And what he noticed is that the penny changed in colors from a paler bronze to a bluish color and suddenly vanishing into thin air. Then the man proceeded to let him know to destroy the UFO documents immediately and cease any more UFO research of any kind. It's counter number one. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me he did a magic trick in front of him? True. He's just like, look here, bitch. <laughs> Gone. Right, now destroy your UFO research. <laughs> like, I, slap I, I don't know if he was like trying to prove something. Like, I do the shit I could do. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this with a penny. I'm gonna turn you blue, true, <laughs> and then <laughs> you <laughs> disappear. So that's encounter number one. I would have been that. Encounter number two is none other than by Dan Aykroyd, January 2002, New York. Ghostbusters. There you go. I was gonna say for those who don't know, but <laughs> Ghostbusters. But fun fact, and I told this to to Moses and Josh. You guys know that he was one of the co-founders of the House of Blues mu- music venue? I didn't know that. I did not know that shit. It's pretty fucking dope. I thought the House of Blues was a lot older. I guess apparently it's not that old. Mm. But I'm, maybe I'm just confusing it with the whiskey and all those older clubs. True, true. They were basically nope, in the same fucking old. area. True, true. But so, later in his life, he became a, pop- he became a, pro- a producer of many shows and pitched a TV show to the sci-fi network called Out There. That apparently was going to burst open a crypt of groundbreaking information regarding UFOs, crop circles, and alien abductions. One day, 
on January of 2002, Dan Aykroyd stepped out from a break from interviewing when suddenly he noticed a black Ford sedan out of nowhere parked across the street with a very old-looking man dressed in all black looking furiously at Dan. Dan said that the car instantly disappeared after having some oncoming traffic pass on through. When Dan went back inside to continue the interview, he was giving some unsuspected news by representatives of the network that the show needs to be canceled and immediately stop the production of any more episodes. What? Oh, shit. They yeah. shut his ass down. Rue. And encounter number three. Motherfuckers are thugs, bro. Thugs remember, in black or what? Remember, the reptilians are in charge. These motherfuckers are telling the reptilians, hey, they're trying they're gonna look too close. Reptilians are like, that's true. We gotta cut this shit. And they cut it. I don't know what the fuck that was for, bro. <laughs> cut his shit. Some caps, bro? Any, true. So now encounter <laughs> number three. <laughs> this last encounter actually has a video surveillance of the men in black. On October 14, near Niagara Falls. Shane Sovar, a hotel manager, and his hotel security guard have claimed to have reported seeing a large triangular UFO outside his his hotel. He contacted the Aerial Phenomenon investigation team to look into this case. Three weeks later, two abnormally large men dressed in all black have reported to come into the hotel demanding to speak to Shane Sovar and his security guard. After the hotel staff explained again and again that both Shane and security guard did not come to work, that day, they gave in and let themselves out. These men were actually caught on film, and let's see what they actually look like. So there's a, a video surveillance film of there's them a, from passing the creepy by. Real life, Men in Black. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and play it. If you guys want to know what the clip is, it's for the video, the creepy life, the creepy real life, Men in Black, season one, episode one of the BuzzFeed Unresolved, Unsolved Supernatural. We're starting at the six minute. 20 second mark in black visited the hotel the men in black terrified the hotel staff and were looking for shane sovar and the hotel security guard who were luckily not there at the time and when shane sovar reviewed the hotel security footage he discovered that the camera had actually caught two men on tape what we're about to watch is that footage no one's gonna die are they no <laughs> how big are they Sovar reported that the witnesses described the men as tall with black suits, they're black pretty, hats, identical faces, tall. extremely pale skin, no eyebrows, six, no five, eyelashes, six, six, and abnormally large eyes. The woman who spoke with the men claimed that she felt that the men knew what she was thinking. Oh. Is this video proof that the MIB exists? Or is this video simply an internet hoax? Can I be 100% honest? Yeah. They, they later on describe like, like, how do you know they're freaking tall? Well, then Ryan, the, the guy who's who's doing the commentary in the background, he was like, look at the guy right next to the door. Yeah. Compare him to the size of the of, of the, the men in black. Yeah, there's some if, – if you guys notice, if you guys watch the video, uh, they're walking in, and it's one of those – it's one of the hotels where it's two doors. It's the sliding doors. Yeah, the sliding doors are back-to-back back to each other. So as they're walking in, someone's walking out. The one who's walking out looks like to be like of normal height, maybe 5'9". Five, five, he looks like pretty tall guy, right? Like five nine, five you know, five eight around there. It's average, average height, and he walks up, and he's like maybe up to the shoulders of one of the MIB people. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe like another foot, maybe a foot and a half left. So if he's five eight, motherfucker, a foot maybe, maybe. Even if he's five five, a foot, there's six five. That's pretty fucking tall. If if he's five eight, these motherfuckers are seven feet tall. It doesn't help that it looks like they're wearing like a trench coat. They're, yeah. right, they're really tall as it is with that trench coat. They look super huge. 
Yeah, it looked bigger. And then um, and then there, oh, there's other accounts of people talking of people who have met the uh of the MIB, mm-hmm. and they say when they when they speak to them, it's very monotone. And and not even monotone. They say it's fake, like. Some lady, I forgot who it was. I forgot what, what the thing is. She invited these two MIBs. They went up to her. Said, oh, you know, we're from the government. La la la. She's never talking robotic. They weren't talking like us. Like it's a flowing conversation. You know how, you know how people, uh, people say that enunciations and pronunciations, whatnot. That and when you talk, it's kind. Of, when people talk, yeah, they have flows. they have a rhythm to you know to the way yeah. they speak. These yeah. guys didn't. When they would talk, they would talk like this. Like because if it was recorded. Well, not even yeah. recorded. It's just that they don't have an ebb and flow. They've it's, they just learned it, so they t- so they're talking. Can't I be one hundred percent honest? They're saying each word like if they just learned it. Mm-hmm. And when she would say, and they try to act human, she says it was really weird when she would say something to be funny. They would look at her ha, and then ha, yeah, ha, and then they and then they remember <laughs> oh, and then they remember oh, this is where oh, I have human. to laugh. Ha 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 ha. She said it was things like that. And when they're walking in, she had steps. They had to look down. I remember. Okay, the steps. Let me lift, lift. my foot up. Left my foot Damn. and they did that. Yeah, you guys, uh, what's weird? Have you guys seen the? It's an old picture. It's called Spaceman, where it's a picture of a little girl. Uh, it's oh, uh, in the background. It's taken, it's taken with the what's that type of camera? Polar, uh, yeah, Polaroid, Polaroid camera. And there's yeah. a guy's a space suit yeah. behind the girl. So it took like four pictures. This man out in the field, whatever, mm-hmm. took pictures of his girl, right? His little little daughter, daughter, and he took pictures, and the first two came out regular, clean, regular. Yeah. And then the third or the fourth one, you see a spaceman just behind her with a spacesuit, a white spacesuit and whatever. And then um, uh, I, I forgot the story. Well, the point is, towards the end. Uh, the MIB came in. Yeah, the men in black came. But he didn't describe as MIB being that as the way they're describing, unless there's different like uh, maybe. forces Yeah. Um, men in black. But it's crazy. And then um, – yeah, and the thing about those Polaroid pictures too is, I, I think it was like a set of three or four, and it wasn't like he took he takes one now and then he took one ten minutes. It's just like, oh, let me take it was back to back. Like, tick, 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 tick. He took all those three or four. And so, there's no way you could Photoshop or do any of that with a fucking Polaroid. I mean, you can, but it's proven that's not Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked about the MIB. We talked about techniques, encounters, claims, and the alien types. And right now, I want to speak about uh, an individual called, um, you know, Paul Haler. Paul Haler, for those of you who do not know, was born and raised on a farm near Waterford, Ontario. He's Canadian. And he served as a gunner during World War II after he was denied becoming a pilot due to them not needing any more pilots. They're like, dude, we don't need a pilot. People want to join the war. Be a gunner. So, hell yeah. He's an educated engineer, an author who served a long career in Canadian politics. The man unified the Canadian Navy Air Force, and Army into a single organization known as the Canadian Forces. Oh, shit. So this dude, he's a big hitter. He's, yeah. you know, he's a he's big... He's one of the top dogs. Yeah. You know, so right now you're probably asking yourself, why the fuck am I wasting my time talking about this boring Canadian asshole, right? Well, if you haven't seen it, bitch, shame on you. Back in 2013, Canada's former Prime Minister of Defense, Paul Halier, talked freely and openly about aliens and how they are real. This is a former high-ranking government official talking about aliens and how they are real. So I'm going to play some, you know, quick snippets of this video of a few claims that he makes during, you know, like I said, 
during uh, said video. And he talks about in some of the claims is you know, so you know, so the first one he's gonna talk about is that uh, there are four types of alien species and they have been visiting Earth for thousands of years. And this is that snippet. In the nineteen sixties sometime it was a flotilla of UFOs headed south that crossed into NATO territory in Europe. And um, the commander-in-chief of uh, the Supreme Allied, Allied uh, Headquarters in Europe uh, was naturally very shaken. Uh, fortunately, or maybe divine providence, before um, the panic button was pushed, the flotilla turned around and headed back north. Uh, obviously, they had thought maybe they were Russian and they were very concerned about it. Anyway, a, uh, <clears throat> an investigation was launched into this whole subject, and uh, a document was prepared which uh, concluded that at least four species had been visiting Earth for thousands of years. So he go, he's on record saying, we have proof that there's four aliens and they've been visiting Earth for thousands of years. Also, in this, in this uh, talk or whatever you want to call it, seminar, he also describes or talks about the different species, the, the different species, there's four different types, they have different agendas and should not be considered as one entity. And so he goes on talking about that as well. Except for that, there are just a couple of um, things that we've talked about that I'd like to refer to. And one was that we were referring to them as they until this morning when Linda Moulton Howe, I think she was the first one, actually named three different species. I don't think we can any more refer them to them as they because they're not an amorphous mass. They are different species and consequently may have different agendas. I don't think we can say that they all have the agenda, same agenda any more than we could say that the United States, uh, China, and, uh, and Russia had the same agenda. Our real interests may be very similar, but as of now, our perceived interests are still uh, quite far apart. You know, so he's basically saying, we have all these aliens. Don't confuse and say that they are one government. They are one soul. They have the different reasons for trying to be here. And if we see one alien attacking us, it doesn't mean the second one's going to attack us either. But at the same time, just because this alien didn't attack us, doesn't mean that the other one don't think about that this, this next one isn't going to attack us. So he goes on and on. And one more observation before I begin. And uh, fuck you for interrupting me, asshole. How did it play? Oh, because I'm not. I'm just letting it rip because I have pauses. Oh, okay. Alien. And then the third one, one of the things he talks about is of the species of the tall whites, the ones I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Hellier claims that two of them are working for the United States government as of the day he recorded this, which is four years ago. What I want to say, and that is that we spent quite a bit of time talking about the 66-year-old cadavers, and I was glad to have Linda this morning finally say that there are live ETs on Earth at this present time, and um, at least two of them probably working with the United States government. Probably. Yeah, so he sees that there are actual live aliens here. here. And then he goes on, and, and I 
guess I combined the two. I guess I split the two. Mm-hmm. My bad. But he talks about that there's live aliens working with him, and then he talks about, um, you know, the the tall whites, and this is him talking about the tall whites here. I, the seventh, the other species that I learned about uh, not too long ago was called the tall whites. And uh, this is when Paula Harris uh, broke the story just a few years ago. And through her good offices, I had the chance to talk for about three hours with former airman Charles Hall and uh, listen to this absolutely fascinating story of uh, how he was working with, first of all, he was scared out of his skin. But after that, when he got to know them, how he was working with, and finally, they became to trust each other and have a good working relationship with the tall whites at the uh, gunnery range at Indian Springs in Nevada. And these tall whites were living on United States Air Force property and working in cooperation with the United States Air Force and sharing technology with them. He wrote a book, incidentally, called Millennial Hospitality. There are four different versions, but uh, Paula says that uh, Millennial Hospitality, uh, number two, is the best. I think that's the one I read, and it's a, it's a very interesting read. Uh, if you want to sort of get inside the, the problem of what it's like to bump into these people floating across the, uh, <laughs> the terrain in the, in the desert. <coughs> so he goes on, and he's talking about this guy he's talking about. I, I spaced out on writing his name. I really do apologize, guys. But if you guys you guys watch the video and he talks about it. This guy he talked to, this guy that he's talking about, he talked to him about, he talked to him for three hours. And this guy worked with the tall whites. He says they are living in a government facility mm-hmm. specifically made for them in Nevada. He worked side by side with them. So he talks about what they do, how they talk, the kind of information they gave us, the kind of information we gave them. And apparently they just, we couldn't give them anything. Like, what the fuck are they going to want? So what the, we're just getting them clothes and, you know, a bunch of shit. But they were giving us a bunch of information, which explains why during the 60s and 70s, why there was this huge innovation of, like, technological innovation going on. Mm-hmm. And this kind of coincides with all these events of alien abductions and all these rumors of us working with aliens because we reverse engineered a lot of the shit. And supposedly, like, Wi-Fi's, microwaves, all of that came from alien technology. And he talks about it. And then that book, he talks about the book, too. And uh, that, that video is short, but you can go ahead and, you know, pick up that book. Then he talks about, which I'm going to fucking pick up soon, just because I want to know what the fuck he was, you know, like he was talking about. And then right here in this fourth one, he talks about a group formed by the Council of Foreign Relations, the Bilderbergs, and a few others talking about the New World Order and the suppression of information. And this is what it goes the fact on to some, say. The fact that some other civilizations are more advanced than we are may be humbling. It exists. And it's being kept secret by the same vested interests who control our destiny. Who are these vested interests? And what are they up to? Well, Senator, you were talking about a military hunter. In my opinion, that is true, but I have broadened and deepened the definition uh, to cabal, and the cabal comprises 
members of the Three Sisters, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderbergers, and the Trilateral Commission, the International Banking Cartel, the Oil Cartel, members of various intelligence organizations, and select members of the military unit, who together have become a shadow government of not only the United States, but of much of the Western world. The aim of the game is a world government comprising members of the cabal who are elected by no one and accountable to no one. And according to Mr. Rockefeller, the plan is well advanced. Does this help you to understand why our civil rights are being taken away from us? I say us because Canada too is included in the grand plan. So he's going on talking about a new world order government instituted by these huge the oil cartels, all these huge companies that they are working. He's basically saying there is a new world order. There's a one world government that this has been going on right now. And he goes on and talks about it in this fucking in this fucking video. The video's nine minutes long, you guys can go ahead and check it out. It's, you know, just put type in Paul Hellier. Paul Pay P A U L Hell Hellier spelled Hell H E L L Y E R. Just look it up on YouTube. Looking for the one where it's from 2013. It's a nine minute because after that he completely blew the fuck up and everyone's trying to interview him. Like, what the fuck do you know? And he talks about 9-11, everything he knows about 9-11. He's spilling a bunch of shit. The, is he going to talk about uh, global warming too? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people. Paul, Al Gore talks about global warming. But, mm. but yeah, but he's fucking nuts. But And that video is like, what the fuck? Because he's the first government official it's openly saying like, yeah, there's aliens. Yeah, there's actually some working with the government. And yeah, we got a bunch of information. And yeah, there is one world government trying to they're trying to collude right now. All the biggest corporations. Mm. You know, we got. Oh, it's a trick. That's f- fucked. And the reason I wanted to end the episode on this note on the one, you know, New World Order, Illuminati, because it's a perfect subway. Segue for our next episode where we're going to be talking about Freemasons and all these Illuminati conspiracy theories. We're going to talk about all sorts of beautiful conspiracy theories revolving around the Freemasons, 33 Degrees, Illuminati, all the satanic ritual shit. That's what we're going to talk about. And that's why I wanted to end this episode on that note. And we're going to get a special guest. We're going to bring in Jay-Z. Y'all say to the man, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm actually like, damn, we got a special. I know, guest, like, who, bro? who are we gonna bring who, in? Oh, this bullshit. <laughs> but again, said guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. This is our, this is our longest episode of all time. It's over two hours long, almost two hours long. Due to maybe do some editing cuts, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a fucking blast looking up the information, Ooh. even though I wasn't a big fan of aliens. It was still interesting to read. Do you guys have anything else to add? I mean, Before we end the episode, if we don't come back the next episode, it's Archie's fault. I mean, at least y'all know you why. Better, you better post it up as fast as you can, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you guys don't have anything to add, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are the Weird History Eerie Tales podcast, and please, if you guys can, rate and subscribe to us. We have a few ratings. We have please rate and subscribe. That's how the show gets known. Add us on Instagram again. Weird History Eerie Tales Pod. 
go ahead add us we actually post all our pictures you see videos of us in our studio if you guys are curious to know what the fucking behind the scenes kind of look like in this fucking fucking ensemble that we have going on right now we're gonna post all our pictures videos again like i said but please if you guys rate and subscribe to us that gets the word out and we are getting and we are growing we're slowly but surely growing and that's all thanks to you guys so again thank you guys so much we are the weird history he retails podcast <laughs>